right, Debbie Nelson, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and uh, y'all know each other really well yeah. for years. We've all known each other. Um, so, Debbie, to get started, I just want you, I've known you for probably, I don't know now, 20 years. Is it that long? Maybe, maybe. But we've known each other really well for the last, what, 10 or 12, yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew Steve, your husband, mm-hmm. uh, more than I knew you mm-hmm. for the first, know. you know, eight or nine years. But uh, we did, we were in prayer ministry together. So, all right, tell me what I already know about you, but what other people may not know. Well, I have um, two daughters and a son, and two son-in-laws and a daughter-in-law, and so they're they're all married, and um, ten grandchildren, and from the youngest, David, being about 18 months, all the way up to Cody, who's 19 years, so... um, Lots of fun. Uh, they're truly, we talk about children being a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And I think grandchildren are just a double portion of that. Yes. And I enjoy all the time I get to spend with them and going to events, ball games, celebrating birthdays almost monthly. <laughs> yeah. And you make and the most incredible cakes <laughs> I've ever <sometimes>. seen. <laughs> I've been the beneficiary, so I know. Um, and parties. And, of course, my sweet Steve, who is now mm. living with Jesus, yeah. which... Um, and the great cloud um, of witnesses. Yes, yes. Um, I love to be able to say that, but I do miss mm. him. Uh, but this past year and a half, during the time he's been in heaven, uh, we have uh, been able to celebrate his life. And with your help and Parisia Ministries getting his book published, which has been such a treasure and just feel like mm-hmm. you know, we talk about the promises of God and that Steve believed God had given him a promise, and we believe that promise is moving forth yeah. through our family and mm-hmm. our friends. And Yes, yeah, I agree. I, I 100% agree. And I, uh, before... Steve passed on to heaven probably, I don't know, a year before. Um, I kind of got on to him a little bit about getting the book published that he had given me the draft, and I had read it and marked it up uh, as a teacher. Like, <laughs> And he was very thankful for that. So. I'm, I'm pretty brutal. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not an editor, but, um, but I've always had that English thing. I homeschooled uh, in English was my thing. But... Since I had known him so well for so many years, uh, all of the personal stories in the book Rarified were memorable, touching, uh, and to know him. I mean, I almost wish that everybody who read the book knew him personally because then you, you would, it would just be so much deeper. You well, know, you for, know what I mean. For our children, I think mm-hmm. they can read it and hear his voice. In yeah, that, you exactly. Know, absolutely. And um, it's so, so that, his voice. It's yes. So I agree with that. It is. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's been sweet for us for sure. And yeah. he cherished your friendship mm-hmm. and your mentorship. So yeah, he loved you looking over his work and marking it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, do you, I think you have a copy of it. Hold it up just so we okay. can see. Okay. 
what the cover looks like and the title. Tell us about the title of um, Rarified. Rarified. And um, we talk about, I believe he named it that because heaven is so precious and rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, part of the definition we used was very high, heavenly places, elevated, exalted, a rarefied spiritual existence, a grand purpose. And it was his personal glimpse of prayer with mm-hmm. God that um, he shares in the book. And, you know, it's our desire that we all experience mm-hmm. it just the way he did uh, because he he loved spending time in God's Word and praying mm-hmm. for people and speaking life over people. Yeah. yeah. And he taught us well, and you have too, Tricia. I just love the journey. We've all been on together, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, on the back of this is a picture of Steve. It was taken from this photograph. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, a friend of ours who is, I don't know how old Hope is now. She might be 18 maybe. Uh, She drew that. That was such a treasure because they gave me that that painting or drawing that she did. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. whenever I look at that picture of Steve in his, in his chair uh, playing the guitar, I think of the grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I sat around with your whole family, uh, which was actually crazy enough, I think it was the day I went into the hospital mm-hmm. last year. Weird. But I had supernatural strength. For about two hours, and that's it. I mean, I was just... And you needed you know, around that whole crew of people. <laughs> I, I did, and, I, and Mark just couldn't believe He's like, are you going to be able to do this? And I'm like, you know, I'm going to do it. And and like I said, I I, I went to the hospital later, but um, I, I got there, and when I walked into your house, I just, I, you know, it just like power just came up, and I was able to do it. But I wouldn't have missed it for the world. And to see all of those 10 grandchildren and all your children and their spouses. I mean, when I think of Debbie, I think of family. You know, her family all around, a very, very strong family. Um, and, and, and how um, it affected the family when Steve went home, mm-hmm. you know. But they all told stories mm-hmm. about granddaddy. And I love that because that, that's what I called my grandfather was granddaddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what my children called my father. So, uh, but just, I, and it seems like there were several stories about granddaddy sitting in his chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and telling jokes, daddy Tell, jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or playing the guitar. And uh, he just was a very peaceful man and uh, always will be. But anyway, so now, Debbie, you are just one of my dearest, dearest, closest friends. And we've had quite a, a year together, haven't we? Have. We have. And y'all have all been such a blessing to me, all of our mm-hmm. Jesus friends, as mm-hmm. we call ourselves sometimes. Um, during the time that Steve was in the hospital, there was so much powerful prayer mm-hmm. being spoken over him. And y'all were just encouragers to me and have continued to be that during this time. I, th- yeah. I feel like it's we've all walked it out together, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, one of the times that we got together just, you know, 
pretty early on. Uh, maybe it was back last spring, I, I think, when uh, I really, I, I, before we got together that morning, I had this word that came so strong of how pleased God is with you. And uh, the reason, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, is that without faith it's impossible to please God, which if you take the flip side of that is that faith really pleases him, but then also that that faith comes from him. You know, that it's not something we have to gin up. It's a gift from God. Um, But that throughout, you know, that time that Steve was in the hospital and all, you had only plan A. Right. <laughs> and and I spoke that at his service yeah. where we celebrated his life because I just think it's so important for people to hear and that it was the way Steve believed, it was the way you believed, all of us, that we know what God's will is. It yeah. is for us to be healed and whole. And that was part of Steve's ministry. He Absolutely. prayed for people's healing. We did that in groups at different times and we saw some of those miracles we wanted to see here on earth and we are to call heaven to Mm -hmm. earth Mm -hmm. and so I think back over that time so many doctors and nurses that we were able to continue to speak that word what we were believing for Mm -hmm. and we can't compromise right right we just have to speak what we know to be true and his mm-hmm. word is true yeah. and it is his de- desire to give us an abundant life and wholeness and yeah. so we just continue to speak that yeah well whenever i talk to you i feel like my heart starts skipping a beat like like um that's so powerful mm-hmm. that's so powerful when in, in the face of what you've walked through you you're still you still have faith. You still believe, and that just encourages me. Well, and so y'all, much. and y'all have done the same for me. We still actually. believe. Yeah, we do, and we I believe mean, we, it together. We are right. that. We've said a lot recently about being mm-hmm. a circle of friends. Yeah, and we're part of the body of Christ, and we're we're doing it together. You know, yeah. um, and we need each other. We do. Right? We do need each other to encourage each other. Yeah. And you've always done that for me. You did that for Steve, you know, over the many years. And um, so. Well, um, I know that I'm not the only one that has said this over the past year and a half. But I know, and you don't even know what to do with this. But at different times, different friends have looked at you and said, you are our hero. And I know you don't know how to respond to that. You say Jesus is the hero, and he is. But you just shine. You well, really it blesses do. me that you you and the others would say that or see that in me because mm-hmm. I say it right back to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> y'all have been my heroes. and um, But that is, I mean, that is the truth of what we're talking about. That's who we are for each other. If we mm-hmm. are the body of Christ, yeah, then we just continue to love on each other and you know one day you're my hero one day I'm your hero <laughs> yeah Marianne's yeah. our hero and so many sweet Marianne texted me so many times during that mm-hmm. she was lifting us up in prayer and it meant so much so like, much it was just so beautiful to watch somebody walk through the whole process mm-hmm. um just really focused on Jesus yeah and exalting the name of Jesus yeah. at every turn mm-hmm. and um 
it was it was just a beautiful it was a beautiful glimpse of heaven on earth yeah, it, yeah. and the truth is that is our reality right yes. Yes. we are seated with Christ we might not see it right this moment physically but Steve does yes, yes. <laughs> and I can't say I would want to take that back from him and mm-hmm. I don't you know we want you know people want to know well if you believe that way but you didn't see it quite the way you were expecting how do you continue in that I don't know all the answers I do believe that Jesus is going to reveal more and more to us and mm-hmm. he's given us peace he's given us continued hope and we just keep on doing what we know to do yeah and and, you know, I think he's going to give us more answers as time goes. And we'll, sh- we'll know it all in heaven for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, of course, Paul said to live is Christ, but to die yeah, is gain. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, we some of the times that Steve was sedated and we wondered had he had certain visions or dreams from God. And I didn't get to always speak directly with him because, you know, it, it, there were points at times where he couldn't talk anymore because of the ventilator. But he would let me know what he needed to let me know. But I didn't get to hear any particular stories, but I can only imagine what God was showing him yes. during those times. And, you know, if you get a piece of heaven, mm-hmm. then I think about, I've, I've mentioned more recently about his book. He had already done so much with writing his words down on paper. Yeah. And, you know, we, we had a, a special friend that gave us a word at the time, and I, I, I talked about it at his service, that God had shown her in prayer as she was praying for Steve that he had done all of this in his heart. It was in his heart, and, of course, he had written it on paper, but that it the words didn't have to come out of his mouth. He didn't have to speak them out. Well, because we have it. We have right. it written down, mm-hmm. and it can come out of our hearts now here on earth. Yeah. You know, and we can speak That's that right. forth for him. But um, And I think about all of your, your children and your grandchildren and how every one of them is going to carry that heritage yeah. of faith and of you know, Steve believed, and you too, the two of y'all are, mm-hmm. you know, very much on the same page about healing and about uh, just prayer and what we talk about a lot, which is union with Jesus, mm-hmm. being one with Jesus, and looking at life and everything through a new covenant perspective, right? Right. That it is finished. Yes. So, but that message will be carried on you know at least through the next 20 years and for every generation because I know that that was one of the words that came right before Steve passed on was that there was a 20-year ministry and and I've mentioned the last time he got to be with friends was at your home that's right and uh, that's when he spoke it out to a group of people he Mm -hmm. said you know this is the promise God's given me for at least 20 years of ministry, and he said, and he's told me the time is to begin now. Yeah. And I believe it did begin right then. I do, too. During the times we were in the hospital and Mm -hmm. continued with um, getting his book published and Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. we do. So um, I do do have some scriptures I want to read here in just a minute. But um, 
I want you to tell me about some of the things that are happening in your family that are very exciting. Well, um, with having grandchildren now that are getting to be older teenagers and a little more independent, um, I would say the beginning of this year we've been pursuing, you know, where we believe God's leading us for church and worship. Um, And um, just beginning to see some new things happening. There's such a passion in my family to pursuing Jesus, just like we have done in the past, but at a new level, I believe. Um, you know, we're all believing for more, right? Mm-hmm. More of God, more of Jesus. And we believe that there's so much power that we're supposed to walk out in this life here on earth, that he's given it all to us. Mm-hmm. Jesus said we would do even more than he did. And so I uh, we're both, I think we're taking hold of it. Yeah. You know? We're really taking hold of it. And with at least the three older teenagers, I, they've, they'll call me up and say, what are you doing tonight on a weekend night? And they can drive to my house, and they want to hang out with each other, but it's mm-hmm. so sweet that they want to come and visit with me. And we've been able to have some really sweet conversations about scripture they've been talking about at church and you know how they can speak out what God's shown them in their hearts you know that mm-hmm. so powerful that they you know like we've talked about when you get more a deeper understanding of grace and the finished work of the cross and yeah. you just want to share it and yeah yeah so it's real sweet seeing what God's doing and and with the young ones too they're they're sweet when they have a scripture they want to quote or talk about. I'm seeing um, just kind of a pattern here. Uh, Vaughn, your mother-in-law, um, mother-in-love, as you say, <laughs> you know, has been meeting with um, her oldest granddaughter who's going to college next year. And, you know, I just, I, I, I'm really inspired by this uh, influence that, you grand grandmothers are having on your grandchildren and how much my mother um how much influence she had o- over her grandchildren too i don't have any yet so <laughs> but you will <laughs> i'm praying for them so i'm, I'm having influence over them uh you know for for the future but um that is a that is a prayer you see grandchildren are the crowning glory mm-hmm. <laughs> of the aged, although I don't, <laughs> that's what this <laughs> proverb says, but I don't consider you aged whatsoever. Um, but, but I think that's really cool, the generations. Yes. Right. Being connected through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, earlier this month, I, um, I'm just going to share this with y'all. I don't, I don't, <laughs> as I told Marianne, I don't want to be preachy teachy which I can get into very easily, right? <laughs> it's just my personality. Um, but recently, this word, you know, I, I got up in the morning and, you know, you know by now my routine is is I just wait for a word from the Lord. and um, But it always kind of starts with pouring out my heart before Him, being honest with Him and... And I thought, why do I do that? Why, you know, what is this whole idea of pouring out my soul, you know? 
and and I I don't I get that just because it comes naturally, but I also get that because it comes from the Bible, mm-hmm. <laughs> because that is a thing you know that people do before God, they pour it all out, and so I'm used to doing that, um, especially when things are heavy. You just have to get rid of it. You just have to lay down that load, and you know and. and that idea of pouring out is is kind of it's like a liquid, you know. It, it's like it just flows out, and you want every drop of it, you know, to flow out. And it comes out with prayers, with weeping, with cries, you know. But we can pour out Thanksgiving too, can't we? Yes, yes, Thanksgiving and praise. But I think what was on my my heart was uh, pouring out. Um the heartache, you know, or the pressures of life. And uh, as I was just looking, kind of, you know, looking through the scriptures, Job came up. Job, the famous Job. And uh, (laughs) Job has been uh, such a controversial figure uh, in Christianity because, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? (laughs) He was a good man, you know. And you know the story, but I'm not. I'm not going to focus uh, too much on uh, the devil or, or or whatever, how all that got started. But just from Job's perspective, and and read a few things, and just you know, sometimes you feel this way, and it's okay to be honest about that, right? Absolutely. In Job three, I'm just going to read a few verses. Uh, at last, Job spoke, and he cursed the day of his birth. Like He wished he'd never even been born. He said, let the day of my birth be erased, and the night I was conceived. Let the day be turned to darkness. Let it be lost even to God on high, and let no sh- light shine on it. Let the darkness and utter gloom claim the day for its own. Let black clouds overshadow it, and let the darkness terrify it. Later in the chapter, he says, why is life given to those who have no future? Like, why am I even here? It's so relatable. I think we've all <laughs> been in those moments. <laughs> yeah. 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 It could, because there is in our God-given DNA this expectation of blessing and goodness Right. Right. And we we just we can try theologically to make bad things seem good, you know, twist it around and say, Well, this must be what God wanted or you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. I think we watch the body of Christ often do that. Oh, this has to be what the Lord's willed for me and Yes, yeah. it's just here to teach me a lesson and people pretend, I think, in a lot of ways that they want to, they're there for the lesson and want to see what God has to show them. But really, deep down, they're cursing the day they were born. Why? Why? Yeah. Intuitively, you know, don't you? Yes. I was, I was uh, with, with a, a family member at the doctor last week, cancer doctor, and um, I got on one of my soapboxes, I guess. <laughs> she, she totally agreed with me, but I was like... These people that think that God gives you cancer and it's his will for you to have cancer. I said, why do they go to the doctor then? Right. I was like, why are we here? 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like we'd be going against God's will. I said, everybody knows that cancer is bad. Right. Right. Yes. Right. So anyway, why, okay, why is life given to those with no future? Those God, this is, his, this is Job's perspective, right? Those that God has surrounded with difficulties. Now, I mean, if you know the story of Job, it wasn't God, it was the devil. But nevertheless, that's what's his, this is his perspective. I cannot eat for sighing. My groans pour out like water. What I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest. Only trouble comes. Wow. Mm. <laughs> that <laughs> paints it, doesn't it? Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Another place he says, now my soul is poured out within me. Now, that one he isn't talking about, just, just like the other one, he, he's talking about groans and his soul and all this pain is just pouring it's pouring but it really doesn't have anywhere to go (laughs) Um, days of affliction have have seized me another place he does say this i pour out my tears to god i need someone to mediate between god and me Uh, as a person mediates between friends. And I'll tell you, he did not feel like he was a friend of God. And I'll read another scripture that proves that in a minute. But I immediately, when I read that, I thought about, you know, the fact that we, obviously we do have a mediator. Amen. Yes. His name is Jesus. But that Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. Mm-hmm. Not only do we have a mediator, we have a friend mm-hmm. in Jesus. Amen. So that he, so that there is this person who mediates between, you know, us and God as a friend would, a true friend. And of course, we know that Jesus is God. So, God is our friend. Yes. Amen. Right? Amen. But I want you to listen to Job 9 and his perspective. This is Job's perspective. And this is way before everything was, was restored back to him. God is not a mortal like me, so I cannot argue with him or take him to trial. Okay, so he's not mortal, but, you know, Job had done nothing wrong. So if if someone's coming against you and you've done nothing wrong, you can take them to trial, right? If only there were a mediator between us, someone who could bring us together, the mediator could Make God stop beating me. Mm. Wow. That's what Job saw. He saw God being his enemy, not his friend. But we know that, that it wasn't God who was doing it. It was Satan. But that, that's, that's, that's all you have. Like, God must be beating me. Right? It must be right. God's will. Right. And then he says, and I would no longer live in terror of his punishment. And that made me think of First John 4 where it says the you know, perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment, mm-hmm. torment, punishment, another version says. And you go, Job goes on to say, then I could speak to him, I could speak to God without fear, but I cannot do that in my own strength. 
we we can't mediate for ourselves. Isn't that profound? Yeah, it is. It really is. So what's the difference between us and Job? <laughs> we do have a mediator, and I'll just read the scripture uh, from 1 Timothy 2. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, I know that that is speaking of eternal salvation, but that word saved, sozo, which was one of Steve's favorite words, right? Yes. Um, which encompasses salvation in every sense of the word. Wholeness. Wholeness, yes. peace. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rescue, deliverance, health. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Jesus Christ. So when he came and put on human flesh, he identified as us. He went to the cross as us, went into the grave with our sin as us, rose again as us, and is now seated in heaven as us, as our mediator. And he gave himself a ransom for all people. Traded places with us. But uh, just back to Job for a minute, uh, because God is God, and he's always been a God who's full of mercy and compassion. James, well, in Job, at the very end, in Job 42, it gives us the end of the story. We know that the Lord restored Job's fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. It says the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. And he saw his children and their children to the fourth generations. And so Job died an old man and full of years. So he ended up the second part of his life being even more blessed than the first part. And if you read the book of Job and just focus on how blessed his life was before, you'll get an idea of how blessed his life was after. Pretty amazing. Just how he was revered and honored everywhere he went. Anyway, it, it's 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 neat if you do it from that perspective. And think about Jesus, who brought forth the full restoration of our relationship with God, so that now God himself is our inheritance, limitless. But I will just want to say one more thing about Job. James um, speaks of Job in James 5, and he said, You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about the Lord is full of compassion and mercy amen amen mm. so I, I, I now I just want to kind of turn that for a second and go to Jesus okay because our mediator poured himself out he poured out his blood he poured out his life. He poured out his soul for us so that we could then pour out our troubles to him. It's a great exchange. It's part of the great exchange is that we can go boldly now before the throne of grace in our time of need and to we can obtain mercy and find grace. And boldly, boldly means so many scriptures, and I've got a bunch here. I won't read them all. I do want to read one of these about pouring out, but um, but in reading about pouring out everything to him, when you go boldly before the throne and you obtain that mercy and you find that grace, you boldly, parousia is the word there, and it's, it's, a, it's a, a word that 
really means speaking confidently. Okay, we believe, therefore we speak. And it means to speak without hesitation, without holding back anything, to speak confidently. And that's the way we can because of Jesus, because he has taken not just our sinning, but he took our nature of sin into the grave so that when we approach the throne of God, we are approaching it as Jesus is. Yes, because we have his, we're clothed in his righteousness. Exactly. We can be so confident in that, right. that he has fully removed our sin nature. and There's mm-hmm. no shame because Jesus has no shame before the Father. Right. We have no shame before the Father. So therefore we come and access all that he has for us. Yes. And it's also that scripture, nothing can separate us. You know, right. we're yes. not separate from him. Right. Amen. And we can approach him. Yeah. So we think of it as approaching him. And I know that there's all all these, you know, ways of saying things, but we, we receive what it says there in Hebrews, that we do approach the throne. But I think that that's more of, you know, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Yes. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So there's a, there's a you know, in, in 1 John 5, it says, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we, you got it? Yeah. Read it to us. Okay. And that's one that was. A treasure to Steve. Um, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. Amen. And the the verse before that says that, that speaking of those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So this is talking about believers here. So, again, there's that terminology of approaching God. So what is our approaching? Our approaching is our asking. But we know also from Hebrews 10 that we're, you know, we're in his presence. And in Romans 8, nothing can separate us from us. And we know he abides in us and we abide in him. Yeah. John 5. constant. John 15, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there's this abiding in this union. He was joined to the Lord as is one spirit with him. But there is different roles that we play, right? We're not God. Right. Absolutely. So I do want to read one scripture here. And this is from the Passion Translation, Psalm 62. I'm standing in absolute stillness, silent before the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Mm. Only God is my Savior, and he will not fail me. For he alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me as a champion defender. There is no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me? Even when troubles multiply around me, God's glory is all around me. His wraparound presence is all I need. For the Lord is my Savior, my hero, and my life-giving strength. Trust only in God every moment. Tell him all your troubles and pour out your heart longings to him. Believe me when I tell you, he will help you. So in a society where everybody's telling their truth, Mm. that is, as a believer, my identity. That is my truth. That's where, that's my reality. So when things feel like it's chaos or there's so much grief, or so much uncertainty, this is actually my truth. Yeah. Yes, we have to take back what we believe to yes. be true. Yes, right. yes, yes. Yeah. 
Well, you know, that there was one other thing that was on my mind from uh, Steve's um, book. Uh, I mean, and it's about what he talks about is spiritual warfare. Yeah. yeah. And I love this I particular this. paragraph. Spiritual warfare is simply saying what God says about a subject in opposition to what we see. The word of God in the mouth of a believer has supernatural power to reveal and birth truth in the face of a lie. The word most often translated confess in the New Testament simply means to agree with. Spiritual warfare is centered on agreement and with whom you agree. We must choose to agree with God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So that's why the Word of God is is our uh, anchor. It's, you know, I, I know I send y'all a lot of scriptures, and I thought this morning, well, to, to prepare for our conversation, I want you completely brainwashed in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So that, we, you know, we do that, but... On your, I'm not saying you only do that because I send you stuff because I know you do that anyway. But but it's like that. It's got to be our perspective. Right. Yes, because that is our truth as right. a believer, and everything that we know to be true, it is backed up by His Word. Amen. <laughs> and yeah. you, if somebody wants to argue with you, they're just going to have to argue against God's Word. <laughs> you know, that's if, right. If you're speaking His Word, yeah, I know, and that's um, that. Uh, I know I, f- I feel like I have to apologize every time I teach because mm-hmm. I always give these handouts that have all these scriptures. But I will tell y'all, and I'm not saying that nobody's ever disagreed with me. I don't know, but nobody has ever come up to me after I've taught these last 10 years and disagreed with what I said because I, I lay it out. I, I go verse by verse. verse, by verse I, yes. I lay it out in the scriptures and in context and cross-referencing and I layer upon layer of it. And I and and I have absolutely no confidence in myself. You know what I'm saying? All my confidence is in Jesus and in yeah. his word. So And I would say, Tricia, for us twelve years ago, when you had such a supernatural download of the goodness of God and the grace and how wonderful mm-hmm. it was and we began to meet with you, you you were speaking his word. That was what was so powerful to us. That it wasn't we, an opinion. No, it was. It was the and Bible. It, and it, was it the came word. alive Amen. to us in a way that maybe it hadn't before, because God had passionately mm-hmm. put that in your heart. And as you were teaching, you were teaching from His word, mm-hmm. and we knew it was true. <laughs> yeah, we knew yeah. what you were speaking was true. I, I feel like you know. We each have our, our different things that we're called to. And, and I, I did, I began teaching from this perspective of New Covenant, finished work perspective, with fear and trembling. Because I knew that, that, it, that it, I knew that it disagreed with things that I had written and said before, right? Even I am, you know, admitting and saying this is very different. And so, but I, I knew the arrows would come flying, but the arrows never came with a true debate. They only mm-hmm. came to kill me. Mm-hmm. Yes. To shut me up, to stop me. But no one ever, none of the detractors or the ones firing off the arrows ever came and sat down with me and went through the scriptures with me. The only thing, I could, 
that's how one way I know yes that it's true, true. Mm-hmm. is that they couldn't debate it they could only stop it mm-hmm. it was cancel culture mm-hmm. yes. yes yes right mm-hmm. yes right. that's why everything is happening now I'm like oh I relate to that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. however I do want to say even though I use so much scripture because that is just my my thing that that is how I feel that I must lay it out doctrinally, theologically. I so don't want people to feel like they've got to know every scripture before they just share. Right. Well, because people, you know, I know for, I've seen in all of us, um, while I feel like you have so much scripture knowledge and you have shared so much of that with us, this is also just the truth I know in my heart and in my yes. spirit. Yeah. And I can just rely on if you came at me right now with a verse and it was very nitpicky and said, if somebody did, there are times where I would say, I need to study this and I don't have this right off the top of my head, but I do know, know what's in my heart. I yes. know about the goodness of God that's yes. in my heart. Yeah. Yes. And you cannot take that away from me. And that's what we understand about his words Amen. now written in our heart. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And we know what we believe. I we can, can't help but believe what we believe. I know that's that right. I can fully trust the Holy Spirit within me to show and reveal to me the goodness of God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, New Covenant, Hebrews 8, all shall know him from the least of them to the greatest of them. Absolutely. And our testimony overcomes the devil's power in our lives and in the lives of those we share with. Our testimonies are powerful. And and so, but I have had people say, well, I can't say it like you can, you know, and I'm like, wait, I mean, I'm using a total cheat sheet here. I have the Bible. (laughs) You know, it's not, (laughs) don't be impressed with that. Share the gospel right. if we don't. And I, I feel like that, you know, it, and culturally, I feel like people are, are afraid to share. Um, there's sort of this natural thing going on parallel to what's happening in the spirit realm, right? There's there's a battle for truth. and But people are afraid to speak out because they're uh, afraid that they can't, don't say it as articulately as maybe somebody they heard on a podcast or something, you know, that's right. very knowledgeable. But I think that that's very detrimental to change. Right. I also think that in today's world, we are so obsessed with uh, uh, putting a person on a pedestal and a message and stuff like that. That's right. But that's not really how the gospel is for the most part. We may learn things from a speaker or a teacher or a pastor, but the gospel is really person to person very personal, right. very personal interactions with the Lord. Right. It is it is not a platform. And so I think people become intimidated. And I, I mean, I, we've joked in our house at times about these like celebrity Christians yeah. and these oh, lives yeah. and the big lives they lead and followers oh. and all this kind of stuff. But that's, I'm not saying the Lord doesn't use them. I think he does. But really, the gospel is so personal. It's so relational. Right. It is the body of Christ relating to one another. I think we're all passionate, and we feel this tension at times, as our Jesus friends do, that this is how the body of Christ is really supposed to function. It's, not, it's not supposed to be a corporate structure. It's supposed to be a circle right. and yeah, coming together and sharing revelation of Jesus. Yeah, and I think that 
puts it on a better level for a lot of people. That's maybe how they need to hear it, yes. not from somebody yes. in the limelight. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I can relate to you. Yeah, I can. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact is. We all live in these fleshly bodies, right? We're not going right. to always speak everything perfect and yes. say it right. Yeah. And but also, that's okay, too. <laughs> I also think that's why we kind of like maybe even this format yeah. is because it's not one person. It's not about a person, right? a platform. It's just we're just having a conversation mm-hmm. about this is truly what we would have a conversation mm-hmm. if we were sitting around the kitchen table right, right. now. Right. And we've just had this conversation mm-hmm. about Jesus. Right, right. right. Um, I, I, uh, dare I even go here? Do it, do it, do it, do it. (laughs) We'll go there with you. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I I can only, I, this would be something I'm speaking from my own experience. Um, I went to, uh, well, uh, let me just back up and I don't have the scripture in front of me, but Jesus did say to his disciples, he said, Don't let them call you father. Don't let them call you rabbi for you only have one father. You only have one rabbi, you know, and, and he goes on, you know, just to to say, you're the, you're the servant, right? You're not the one sitting at the head of the table. You're not walking through the marketplace with, you know, uh, being impressive and all that. And, and uh, so grace, I, I see grace as the great leveler and what is that level way down here no heavenly places okay we're all seated in christ we we have different roles right and as paul talks about the different giftings you know some of them are out front where you can see them but he says that the more important ones are the ones you can't see right right so give honor they deserve honor the ones that you can't see well anyway i went and spoke this is a little while back because I haven't spoke, I've just on purpose not gone anywhere to speak for about three years. Um, but I went to this very large place, international ministry, you know, reaches around the world, um, humongo, thousands of people. <laughs> and uh, they communicated with me beforehand, and they said, uh, I had to fill out a form, and they said, do you need a makeup artist? And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> That's just me. Okay, makeup artists are great. People that use them are great. I'm just not one of them. Uh, I just, you know, I don't. You're I just don't. And, time, though, you and don't they said, um, do you want, uh, if you're flying in, we'll fly you first class. Okay, I've never flown first class, and this was a short enough, you know, distance that I wasn't going to fly anyway but I thought first class my goodness you know and then the and and then the the last one was if you um well they asked you know do I have any dietary stuff and I was like I probably shouldn't say this but coke zero (laughs) (laughs) it's like I'd like a coke zero uh and I'll eat almonds um but then the other one was uh if you don't fly then we'll We'll pay for a car for you, and we'll also arrange for transportation, you know, to come pick you up and, and all of that while you're here. And and I was like, no, I'll drive my own car, you know. And so at the time I was driving, my mom passed away in 2011, and I got her van. I mean, I, I wanted the van. I didn't have young children anymore, but... <laughs> 
It's like, I love my mom's van. It was a good one. It, it was a Toyota. It had all the bells and whistles on it. So I'm driving the old van, you know, with 200,000 miles on it to this, <laughs> to this place. And I've got all my stuff to set up my tables, you know, with the uh, tapes and the books and all that. And all of my kids came and, and several of them worked the whole conference and ran the table and stuff. I love my family, just like you I love know. your family. <laughs> and um, but so we had to do it come in two cars because we had so much stuff. Uh, but I'm there, and one or two of my kids is, is with me. And I, I remember driving up, and I've got on like a t-shirt and jeans, and and um, I had my sunglasses on, and I got up to the thing, and, and I rolled down my window. It, well, it was actually an electric window. I don't want to make it sound too bad. I'm rolling down my window. Uh, but we can picture it. We can picture it that way. I mean, one, of, one of my favorite things about this van, which I think is like a 2006 van, was that um, it has it had the sensors all the way around. I'm like so addicted to that now. Oh. Whenever I park in a parking spot, I gotta, no, I gotta no have worries. the sensors. You know, you're not gonna hit somebody. Yeah, I can't can't drive without it anymore. But anyway, I rolled the window down, and the guy says, um, "Are you with uh, Pastor Gun or something like that?" <laughs> and I, I did my sunglasses up. I'm she. <laughs> I'm here, you know, and he was just shocked. I'm driving this old van, and uh, anyway, he gave me a <laughs> a special card for my windshield. This is a VIP person, and you know, I got to go park in the regular place. And the other speakers, like when I saw their vehicles, they were all in. They looked like Secret Service black. <laughs> these big old SUVs, and I rode in one a couple of times because once I got there, I was just in with the other speakers and. It was just easier to ride around with them, but, but, uh, but yeah, they looked. I mean, they looked like president of the United States. <laughs> so I walk in, and uh, sorry, I'm hogging all this time with oh, the story, yeah, this but fun. <laughs> I walk in uh, to this massive building, and this very sweet lady meets me. Um, she's, I guess, running things, and she says, "What? What? Are, how do we address you? Do you want to be Pastor Trisha, Reverend Trisha, Minister Trisha?" I said, "Can you just call me Trisha? <laughs> just Trisha. Please just, just call me Trisha." <laughs> and she said, "We're not allowed to do that. We can't do that." Oh, interesting. I mean, you know, I, I can't force somebody, right. you know. But Jesus did say, "Don't don't let them. Don't let them." You know, I tried not to let them, but. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I, I was just um, <laughs> I was just a kind of a fish out of water uh, the whole time. I mean, I did. There was one other speaker that I I really really connected with that we we saw a lot of things eye eye to eye. Um, but anyway, that's my story, uh, and it was fabulous. It was great. You know, I I just I believe the future is less about hierarchy. And more about the body of Christ, not kind of sitting back and being, you know, the sheep that just are dumb and sit there. Not passive, but active. Yeah, active. exactly. Yes. Yeah. But also a revelation that the body of Christ has that they are qualified because mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. That every single person. Because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I grew up very unqualified right. to do no, I agree. anything and felt that there was the, that was a huge carrot for, stick mm-hmm. 
routine mm-hmm. for me was mm-hmm. I was never going to be qualified. Yeah. Whatever I felt was going to qualify me was never good enough to qualify me, which is not true. Well, yeah. I mean, the Father has qualified Amen. us. And he's qualified. He, he's the one that gives us the credential to use our gifts. Um, and, you know, we abide in Jesus. We bear that fruit of the Spirit. And there's neither male nor female, right? Right. So, so I went there. Do it. Glad yeah. I did. Glad you did. <laughs> um, on June eighth, twenty twenty one, I wrote this: <clears throat> Jesus lives His life through us. Jesus moved in the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus is absolutely unflappable, unflustered, unhurried, always available to our cries, even if they're from fear and misunderstanding. Jesus is patient, allowing the process to play out, perfect timing, because he only does what he sees the Father do and only says what he hears the Father say. He is completely submitted. His heart is perfectly soft, compliant, pliable, and trusting towards his Father. And as Jesus is, so am I in this world. I I have several scriptures here. I just I just wanted to compile all the scriptures, and I won't read them all, but there are several where Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father speaking. You know, and, and that frees us up, right? Right. That we're not obligated to do everything all the time, right? We're only, our, our part is a part. Yes. And we're freed up from feeling guilty that we didn't do something. Right. And, and God gives us the words that we need for any situation at any given moment. Um, and even those moments we can say, I don't remember what I said in that situation. And say, somebody tells you how much they were blessed by what you said. Right. And you right. didn't even remember what you said. Yeah, He takes what you say and, and touches mm-hmm. other people's hearts. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, Jesus, you know, praising the righteous for all that they did. And, and the righteous says, but when did I do that? Mm-hmm. When did I visit them in prison? Mm-hmm. When did I give you water? You know, and it's, it's, it's just he's living through you. So right. a lot of times it's just not e- you're not even conscious of it. You're not even aware of well, it. When you th- I love the phrase, when did I visit you in prison? Because mm-hmm. we so think. Oh, physically going to prison. Right, right. <laughs> but that looks like a friend who is bound by guilt or shame. Right. And you sit there with them and you point them back to Jesus mm-hmm. and their identity in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not knowing sometimes that you're you're just having a conversation with a friend, but you're really sitting with them and visiting them in their prison mm-hmm. and pointing them out of the yeah. to freedom. Right. The greatest prison is is, is blindness. Oh, it's in the mind. Mm-hmm. The greatest prison is yeah. in the mind. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, just believing lies. Mm-hmm. Yes. In fact, one of the things that uh, Jesus it says, you know, when he came to the temple and he opened the scroll and he read it, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. And one of the things it says, that he, he says, when he got up in the temple uh, and, and read from Isaiah, he said, to open the eyes of the blind. But if you go back to Isaiah 61, that it's it's a total repeat. I mean, he's he's right. reciting from Isaiah. 
you go back to Isaiah and you read it, that part doesn't say open the eyes of the blind. It says open the prison doors. Mm-hmm. And if you go and you look at the at the Hebrew there, it's a it's a it's a Hebrew hyphenated word there. It means to open the eyes of the blind. But in Hebrew, the words there are open the prison doors. So that's what we're doing, right? We're right. visiting right. with friends all the time by sharing the truth with them. Right. Unveiling Jesus to them. But even in ways you don't think about it. That's right. I had, um, I've kind of got my little friends that we raise our kids together. We live life day to day. We live life with this one little special group of our friends. Mm-hmm. And somebody was saying, this is a couple weeks ago, hey, do y'all all want to come over for dinner kind of a thing. And I just replied back, we all, thanks for the invite. We would love to. But we just have so little margin right now at the end of the school year, just all the sports and the recital, just everything that kind of comes at the end of the school year. I said, we have so little margin right now that our family's just not, we would love to be with you guys. But we're just going to take a break. We don't, I don't want to overextend ourselves. And I want to leave that margin in our life. And multiple people came back outside of that kind of group text and said, I wish I had the, the strength to say those things that you said. I wish I had the power. But it was a nice thing to talk about. Well, I feel like I can because of my identity in Jesus. Yeah. But I don't have to do all these things. Yeah. I don't have the, as somebody said the other day, I don't have FOMO, the fear of missing out. Yeah. I have JOMO, the joy of missing out. And I really feel that way that I don't have to be a part of everything. Everything, yeah. Because my identity is not tied up in that. Yeah. So so if you put yourself in their shoes, I know it's the general phrase is fear of missing out. Right. But what are the, what are they, what's the root of it? What are they really afraid of? <clears throat> I think people today are afraid of fun things, social things happening, and they're not a part of it. Mm-hmm. Or on the flip side, when it's, hey, we've got a lot of work done and the PTO needs volunteers, people are afraid to not, they don't want to be that mom that just brought her kids to the spring festival and didn't mm-hmm. sign up to work three shifts and or break her back they doing measure it. Up they didn't measure up to the other people around them. To the other people. Yes. That's the, and that's the key is they're always trying to measure measure up to the other people or not be left out. Mm-hmm. But when you're securing your identity, right. I don't have to measure. There's no human I'm going to measure up against. I'm not going to measure up in general. Jesus is measured for me. So he's run the race mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So I, there's no measuring for me, and I don't feel like I have to do everything to be because I'm not being judged. By, but I love that you got the response back from. I thought it was kind of. Others, I thought it was kind of interesting how I many people you, came back. Maybe to, you open the door a little bit for them I've, to think I could be more mm-hmm. that way. I, I just thought that was so interesting that multiple people circled back around mm-hmm. outside that and said, mm-hmm. "I yeah. wish I could." do that or say that this what i'm seeing here is <clears throat> we're all uh created for re- relationship we're created yes. for um well we say social but what we really want is to be loved and we want we want you know people to uh be our friend you know yes. just, just do life with us and but boy when you when you get it on that treadmill or, or you know you they try to chase that carrot on the stick Everything is conditional. Yes. It, it's like, well, they, you know, they won't accept me. They won't be my friend. They'll look down on me. 
They may even be mad at me if I don't, you know, or or they'll just, um, I mean, what? you don't think at all. You're so free from that. You, you, Marianne, right. are so, yeah, so free. free. You don't even relate. You're not. You don't even it, relate to that anymore. That's exactly right. That's at times it is hard to kind of relate to that because that's not. It's just not how we live our lives or what I believe anymore. And I feel the Lord's Your priorities have changed, changed right? and the Lord yeah. has freed me from that. Right. Um, because your relationship with Him, your union with Him, as you say, supersedes. Yeah, and it's 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 better. It's he's better. your best friend. He is my best friend. He is the friend that sticks closer to a brother. Right. And right. I can trust that the friends he's brought into my life yeah. will be my friends regardless if we come over or don't come over or do all the things or don't do all the things. Well, and I, I remember um, <clears throat> back in the early days of, of, of the awakening to grace, um, and <laughs> given the fact that I was an out front person and I do use my mouth, to speak it, uh, it cost me a lot of friends, right? Right. It cost me almost all my friends. I mean, Debbie and Steve were still there, but but I, I held them at arm's length because I, I at that time, I don't anymore, anymore, but I did at the time because I was like, I have no agenda. I'm not trying to, like, drag friends with me. I'm not putting my security in anyone but Jesus. Uh, my family was, who was, you know, tight and close around me. Um, but what, oh my goodness. And it was painful. It was very, very painful to lose those friends. And, um, but, but what the Lord said to me was your new covenant friends are going to be so much stronger, so much more enjoyable. Uh, and it really will be unbreakable, although you won't have to vow to each other, you know, yes, yes. you're secure, you, you know, and then also if, if seasons change, and oh, I, let me just say it's played out to be true, right? Y'all are two of them, but um, seasons do change, and you find yourself, um, you know. Well, I used to be with the, with this great group of friends, and I'm talking about since grace, like you know, when right. I say since grace, I'm just saying since Jesus revealed Himself to me as the person of grace, and I've made a lot of wonderful friends, but but I I haven't been you know, sort of daily doing life with them. You know, there's just different seasons where you do. But I, what I love about it is I can't think of a single broken friendship. Amen. Since, you know, in this, in this, yeah. that are what I call my new covenant friends. <laughs> right. Right. At least I don't know. I mean, they, no. they might have walked away from me. No, but, I, but, I, I, but we see other friends have reasons they have to step away and do some other priorities. Right, right. But they're still all good things, you know. Right. But There are ebbs and flows yeah. with friendship and closeness at different times right. with friendships. Yeah. But I totally get what you're saying is that your new covenant friends really, there's no angst or issues there, there's just right. the ebb and flow of and life and they're do, they're free to ebb and flow in life and so right. are you and when you do yeah. get back yeah. together for whatever reason it's like the time was never broken right you know right. you just pick up where yeah. you left yes. off yeah. yes it's it's the just it's the kind of friends you always wish you could have you know and yes. it's it's just been really and we've seen awesome. some of those friends move away in distance mm-hmm. But yet, they're still in conversation with us. Right, right. Yeah. We still have that bond. Yeah, we, we do. It doesn't go away because it's it's a spiritual bond, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I just want to end with uh, this word from a few days ago that God is faithful, <clears throat> and I wrote, 
first thing I wrote in that morning was, as I attempted to clear my mind of all the issues of the day and of trials that seemed to go on and on and on, I asked myself, is God silent? Then only one word came to mind and quieted my soul, faithfulness. And then at that very moment, this happens to me a lot because I have music going in my house 24-7, you know, I get up in the middle of the night and just just go worship. But this is the song that was was playing. It's an oldie. The steadfast love of the Lord. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Great is your faithfulness. And uh, I, I thought, you know, there are days... That I, and I want to encourage anybody who's listening, listen, listen for a word from the Lord every single day. Listen. Uh, Proverbs 8 in the Passion says, and I wrote my own name here, Tricia. If you wait at wisdom's doorway, longing to hear a word for every day, joy will break forth within you as you listen for what I'll say. For the fountain of life pours into you every time that you find me. And this is the secret of growing in the delight and the favor of the Lord. So sometimes, though it doesn't come with a specific word, and the, and the word for that day, there have been many days where the word faithful, God is faithful, or the faithfulness of God, is just the word. And, and I just have to say, it's kind of like in Ephesians 6 where it says, when you've done everything else, you just continue to stand. There are those days that I get a silver bullet word from God, like lightning striking from heaven. There are those days then that uh, he leads me on a a treasure hunt and I find some gold. I mean, amazing. And those are the days that I usually have like 10 pages of (laughs) scriptures. Um, And sometimes I I, I literally close my eyes and I get a picture. I get a picture or a vision. Um, But not, not always. I mean, a lot of times it's just... But those are the markers, too, for you to continue to believe because he has been faithful to you. We have those. Mm-hmm. If he's that's been faithful right. to us in the past, he's going to continue to be faithful. Well, to me, that's the test of faithfulness. Has he ever let you down? Right. He has never let us down. And uh, I just I had a lot of scriptures that day about the faithfulness of God. It's just a great study. I'll just encourage, put it, put in, you know, in your concordance, the word faithful, and and so that it'll pull up in all forms, you know, faithfulness will be in there as well. But Second Timothy two thirteen says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Amen. Faithful is who he is. Faithful is his name. Jesus' name is faithful and true. Um, Psalms 57.10 For your mercy and loving kindness are great, reaching to the heavens, and your truth and faithfulness to the clouds. Psalms 108.4 For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the sky. Yeah. Every time I read those, I think about when I'm in an airplane. Amen. <laughs> Do not have have to have a fear of flying. Mm-hmm. Psalm 94, your faithfulness, Lord, will support me. 
When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your comfort delights my soul. Psalm 91, verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Now I'll stop here for a second. That word rampart, do you know what it means? I actually don't. So his faithfulness is our rampart. It is a solid wall-like structure raised for defense against tyranny, a broad embankment, a wall-like ridge. So wow. it's a massive structure. His faithfulness. It's a fortress. Yes. Second wow. <laughs> Corinthians 1, 19 through 20. I have been telling you about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He isn't one to say yes when he means no. He always does exactly what he says. He carries out and fulfills all of God's promises, no matter how many of them there are. And we have told everyone how faithful he is, giving glory to his name. You know, when we say amen, Mm -hmm. you know what we're saying? You are faithful. Think about that every time you say amen. Say, this is my final word on the matter. God is faithful. So let's pray. And I'll just pray a quick prayer here. Um, We declare, Lord, that you are faithful, not only to us, but to every generation of our families. You are faithful to support us, faithful to uh, deliver our souls from anxiety. You are faithful to provide for us, faithful to protect us from evil. We choose today, Lord, to cast our cares on you, to pour them out, because we know that you care for us and that you're faithful. And as Debbie said, this is how we know that you're faithful, because you've always been faithful. You have never let us down, and you never will. So that is our our word that we grab hold of today, um, that when we've done all else and we've done all the warfare we can do, we are just standing on your promises and in your faithfulness. And we pray everything in the name of Jesus, who is faithful and true. Amen. Amen. A Real View is brought to you by Parousia, a ministry devoted to boldly sharing the gospel of God's grace, freely offered to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Visit ParousiaMinistries.com for teachings and testimonies, as well as information on how you can order Trisha Gunn's highly acclaimed book, Unveiling Jesus, a verse-by-verse foundation of the message of grace. This show is made possible by the generous financial support of people like you who love this message of grace. Your tax-deductible gift to Parousia is greatly appreciated.